Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Pod Return to the Waking Sands. If you are unaware, we are a Final Fantasy XIV companion podcast where we explore the lore and story of Hydaelyn and beyond. My name is Jen, and I'm joined by my co-host and researcher. I'm Levi. Hi, Levi. Hi, Jen. Oh, my God. Hi. How's your dad, Jen? My dad's great. How's your dad? Have you opened his present yet? No. (laughs) Saving it for a rainy day, which is today and every day. So, Jen, speaking of dads, (laughs) today we're talking about the monk quest through level 50. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. There is a dad involved, I suppose. There's a lot of dad energy in this quest, actually. Probably among the top dad quests of the game. I suppose. I don't know, though my my dad doesn't really insult me the way Eric insults us. Spoilers, Jin. (laughs) (laughs) So let's get right down to it. Monk, of course, like most of the A Realm Reborn jobs, is an iconic job from the Final Fantasy series. They go way back to the the OG games. People punching people for years and years now. (laughs) People punching people. Or monsters. The point being there are punches involved. There are punches. And kicks. In Final Fantasy XIV, just like Pugilist, Monk uses the three stances that you will cycle through as you go through combat. The Raptor stance, Curl stance, and Opo Opo stance. Mm-hmm. And the stance that you're in determines which actions you can take. They don't do very much to shake up the combo here on the 30 to 50 journey for Monk. You get a few more abilities to, to weave into your stances. And you get an ability as well, which lets you actually um, skip you can, stances. You can, you can disregard the stance. You can just do whatever you want. Yeah, um, yeah, which that actually is a pretty key ability because you can really hammer on DPS. Oh, dude, yeah. High potency uh, actions there. Yep, so it's good. Monk gets their charge ability mercifully early as a class at level 35. That's the gap closer? This is Thunderclap, the gap closer. Nice. Um, because Monk has no range attack, having this ability You're the to... range attack! Exactly. You fucking throw yourself! <laughs> Wapa! Melee classes always feel so much better once you get that gap closer. Seriously. I totally forgot about it. I put it on a button I never use, which told me... Because it's been a while since I've touched Monk, so um, I did New Game Plus for this run-through. And um, I was like, fuck, what's... I normally put a ranged attack for, for melee... Um, jobs in a, on a very particular button and that button did not have a ranged attack so I just assumed I didn't have one so for this whole time I didn't use my gap closer and I really really wanted it wow, what but I'm an idiot yeah I didn't mouse over all of my shit I have a dedicated button for my gap closer on every single job look at you so I know if I go boop I can zoop on over yeah. to the enemy same I guess I just wanted something else on that button I guess you wanted to suck I guess so So, on to the story. The legend of the monk is that during the sixth Umbral Calamity, um, this is the one where the world flooded, a group of refugees followed the light of a meteor to the highlands of Gear Abania. They attributed this meteor to the god of destruction, Ralgar, and so they collectively devoted themselves to him. So they formed an order called the Fist of Ralgar, in which the members would temper their body and spirit in order to become closer to their god. These practices revealed the secrets of the chakra to the monks, which evolved their art into one that could channel their own life energy into destructive power. Mm -hmm. And then the followers of Shredder, they call themselves the foot of Ralgar. Thanks, Jen. Mm -hmm. What, are you a Teenage Ninja Turtles lore expert? No, I'll cite it at another time. Thanks, Jen. Yeah. Anyway, the monks attained great martial prowess, and the Fist of Ralgar became a formidable body in the Alamegan uh, political sphere. But the late King Theodoric, sometimes called the King of Ruin, feared the Order's power and so ordered it to be crushed. He was attempting to raise himself into a position of divine right, as in uh, he claimed that the goddess Nymea had bestowed his rule onto him, and he wanted to silence religious opposition that might cast doubt upon his uh, self-proclaimed right to rule. Hmm. So during this period, the monks were slain and the remainders were scattered. That's fucked up, man. This all happened before the fall of Alamigo to the Garlean Empire. So the surviving monks... Yeah, that's awkward. ...endured their own exile before the kingdom was conquered. 
don't know, maybe if you had kept your monks around, you wouldn't have been so easily conquered by Garlemald. But maybe we'll never know. We will never know. So some notes about Chakra and Eorzea, since we'll be hearing about that word a lot. This is strictly the Final Fantasy XIV version of the concept. Disclaimer. These are the valves in the body that regulate the body's flow of aether. Monks that master this flow can harness their own aether to achieve great feats of physical prowess. The chakras are normally closed, but monks can open them by attuning with rarefied aether. The body has seven chakras, though the seventh is the most challenging and uh, difficult to unlock. Mm-hmm. Back to the present. We've just finished up our time training as a pugilist under the has-been and is-again <coughs> Hammond Holyfist. Was, but then is, but then was, and now is-again. Yeah. We have word now of a lead from the guild's receptionist, Gargaruna. Gargaruna tells us about Professor Eric, a scholar of Eorzean military history and a valued client of the guild. He's, he's a jackass, but he spends a lot. So very important. Um, and apparently he needs bodyguards because his research or his current research takes him into areas of the continent that are ravaged by feral, dangerous beasts. And this is important because these beasts will have absorbed the ether of these areas and therefore can be examined um, to, to look into battles of the past. Um, so basically what we're doing is we are keeping him alive, but also setting eth- his etherometers out into dangerous areas that he would rather not touch himself. We're mainly from the guild's perspective, protecting their cash flow. We're protecting the investment. Literally, that's what Gagaruna said. Yep. Um, he hangs out in the goldsmith's guild because his etherometers require a lot of maintenance and repair, whatever. So he's, he's camped out there. We also get some racism from Gagaruna, as apparently they assigned a monk to protect him beforehand, but as all Alamegans are, the monk ah, is lazy. That's right. So they need someone who can get their, their work done. Typical Alamegans, yeah. We, there's a, a stigma that Alamegans, because they were, but this, the most recent generation has, there's a stigma that Alamegans, because they're mostly refugees after the, the conquering, is, um, you know, that they're like, that they're lazy. You know, they steal jobs or they don't have jobs. They're simultaneously stealing and not having jobs. You know, that whole thing. Anyway. So we go to meet Eric, the professor. Eric with a K. Eric with a K. He's a clean cut here with gray hair and spectacles. Excellent bone structure. Yes. I'll just say. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, he's The spectacles have these little mini magnifying lenses in the inner corners. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming that helps them read out read the etheric data i assumed it was for like reading text or looking at clues or whatever like bifocals yeah could be maybe both maybe both we don't know it makes him look very studious it does though maybe that's the only reason why he wears them so when we show up he sets the tone immediately with a quote he fucking comes out swinging dude speaking of swinging he says (laughs) ah my punch prone manservant i presume you may and shall call me eric you are to guard my life, even at the cost of your own. Sure, sure, sure. And aid in my revolutionary research whenever and however asked. Yes, sir. He seems nice. Here we go. So he cannot speak to us without insulting us every or every other sentence, not exaggerating. It, it's, it's all the time. It's constant. It never ends. So, I mean, before we recorded this... Levi was like, oh, man, I think you're going to get fired up over this guy. I'm like, you know what? There's really not much to get fired up about because he's so one note with the you're dumb. You're stupid. Have I told you how stupid you are today? By the way, you're real dumb. You're still real dumb. Like, uh, got it. Okay. There really isn't a lot of substance to talk about until much later in in this quest line. You know, what he does is he just kind of creates this. He's created the straw man of us where we're just we're just like the dumbest person. We're uh, some brainless meathead and that's how he talks to us so he'll he'll set us up as a brainless meathead and then tear us down and that's just the cycle so he gives us the briefing on our efforts to come he wants us to reconstruct military histories through a theorial analysis of ancient battlegrounds 
He also asks which of his works we've read. Oh, None. He he is aghast that we haven't read any of his treatises. Let me uh so let me let me let me guess how your teeny brain has interpreted my words. Uh stupidly. False. He also references his other bodyguard who has been delinquent, the monk Wittergilt. He is probably off opening his chakras or some bullshit like that. Mm-hmm. Those monks in their chakras. I mean, yes, that's exactly what he's doing. <laughs> So beyond the intro, there's not much else to say. We're not given anything of substance about him until like level 50 exactly. He's arrogant and obnoxious, and we have to spend five job quests with him just talking down to us constantly. And saying a lot of words. He is, though, incidentally Alamegan. So he yes. also is a Alamegan refugee, but he's the exception, obviously. He's not lazy and of a do-nothing. Of course, correct. There are maybe two moments throughout the questline before you hit 50 where you get a little insight into his past or, you know, what kind of person he is. Yep. Otherwise, no, it's just insults and, uh, and bloviating. Farts. Yeah. Our first stop is the Sildean excavation site in central Thanalan. <laughs> I, I, actually, this is funny. Um, it's like, have you heard of Sildi? No. Actually, we have whatever. Wow, you're dumb. And then he goes on and on and on, blah, blah, blah. And then if it hadn't been for that horse, which is a Lewis Black reference, which I thought was funny. Yeah, the text is literally babble, babble, babble for the most part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yada, yada, yada. Yada, yada, yada. So this is our, this is our first assignment. So we're to go out there ahead of time, uh, beat up any beasties so that they, you know, before he shows up obviously, and then set up the etherometer to start taking readings. We head to the Sildian site in central Thanalan. This is the same set of ruins that we met the Asian at and were attacked by his golem back in the Ulda intro. Mm -hmm. So we uh, tromp up these ruined stone steps and drop this etherometer, just like a big metal tank, pretty much. And then we press the button or whatever. Okay, then a bunch of imps show up. And you fight all the imps, and then there's Lord Imp. And as you're fighting him, he is, um, it'll cut scene. Once you get him down to a certain level, it'll cut scene, and he'll be charging up this major thing, like, oh, no, I'm going to die. And out of nowhere, Wittergeld, we assume, swoops in with a flying kick, bah, and and uh, dispatches with the imp. And so he, <laughs> he kicks him back into the void from whence he came. And then uh, we're surrounded by this circle of light and it comes up and it kind of this this like the like flames of light licking at our skin and a big dot of light on our forehead starts to shine hey look at that we did a chakra thing we got a chakra after that whole thing eric walks over and he introduces us to wittergelt um negs both of us and uh and then goes to do his business no Jin, he compliments us we have exceeded what low expectations he had for us <laughs> yeah, everything is a backhanded compliment at best. And then he wanders off to leave us alone right. with this monk. Yeah. So this guy, Wittergelt, is a very tall and ruggedly handsome Highlander. He's wearing yellow monk garb and has a headband with a very long feather poking out. I think like a pheasant's pheasant feather. I would say yeah. pheasant, okay. yeah. And he is a former member of the Fist of Ralgar Order. A former member? Because the order is shattered. Whatever. Okay. He, he, anyway. Yo, he, semantics. He, he, yeah, sure. Um, he is of the fist of Ralgar. So maybe he's, uh, you know, starting it anew. Uh, but he, the way he speaks is, God, it's insufferable. Oh, so exhausting. It's like four four words and a period. Four words and a period. It's like, it's like a middle schooler writing Dances with Wolves fan fiction. A battle happened here long ago. It's interesting, Energy Jen, remains because you were so down it for found you. the black mage beast tribe speak, and here you got someone speaking at least without like squawks or whatever in the middle of every short sentence, and you're angry about it. It's no, 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 because this is this is not like a um, see with the tribes. This is like a the way that they speak is it's like dialectic. It's it's cultural. This guy has assigned this affectation to his speech because 
because he's a monk and he has to speak this way with this like kind of pseudo spiritual learned kind of man on the mountain it's i really hate it it's 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 arrogant it's like eric but in just a a different brand (laughs) so wittergelt tells us that the residual energies of the battlefield have flowed through us and opened our chakra Normally, it requires much training, but we are so special that ours just opened because of our sheer inner strength. Indeed. And because we have awakened, he entrusts us with a monk's soul crystal. If we open our chakra further, the memories of the crystal will flow into us and grant us the knowledge of its former holders. Cool. The fist is our weapon. The energy inside moves the fist. And it sounds like ancient battlefields like this are a favorable place for this awakening, as the ancient Aether will aid the process of opening the chakras. Right. So that's why he's kind of hanging around Eric. He was really interested in his research. Eric doesn't know why, but Wittergeld knows why. He's following him around. He's an opportunist. Now Jen's coming out swinging. Yeah. No, I got I got opinions. <laughs> you're not. I don't think you're supposed to like this guy right away. You're not supposed to like either of them right away. So That's interesting because it if that's the case from the design perspective, it's odd to make your two points of contact both unlikable. I agree. If that's the intent. I don't know if that's the intent. Obviously with Eric, it's really heavy handed. So right, that's we don't have to discuss that. But with Wittergeld, there's just a weird vibe. So I, I got my eyes on. I don't disagree. Um, I, I don't. I just don't know if they they meant him to be so unlikable. Because I mean, he's he's operating under false pretenses, which is already like shady and, and shitty. So I'm not like I'm not down. I just wonder if you're supposed to like him because you want to become a monk and he is your in. Well, well, yes. So when I did this the first time, I'm like, oh hey, here's my guy. Here's my mentor. Um, obviously it's not Eric, right? So. But even then, I was like, there's something weird about this dude. I just, it's just really strange. And in in this scenario in the level 30 introduction, it's not explicit. I mean, there's nothing really, ex- besides the way he speaks, there's nothing really concrete to say like, oh, well, this is why I don't like him. But in the next level scenario, you're just going to like him less and less. Like this guy is, you just don't trust him. He's shifty. Anyway, <laughs> back to the job. We are supposed to grab the Aetherometer and bring it back to the Goldsmiths Guild. Eric is annoyed that we were looped into the monk nonsense, and he's going to split us up for the next job to make sure we don't <clears throat> compare chakras or whatever it is that we do in our free time. Right, yeah. Um, so this is kind of when he starts trying to talk us into the fact that what it is that he is researching about the mechanics of ether is the exact same thing that us monks consider to be chakras and spiritual energy and managing that shit. He's like, it is one and the same, okay? Every time we talk to him and chakras come up, which they do often, he is insistent that this is all science and this is just us adding mysticism to a scientific process. Correct. I mean, because it's not something science yet fully understands. So religion has to make up this bullshit about it. We learn that when a person dies, they leave a portion of their aether behind. The more violent the death, then the more aether is left. So one can determine the sites of ancient battles by looking for concentrations of this residual aether. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can also monk up on ancient battlefields, so win-win. Which isn't something that he is keen to, um, but Wittergelt is. Yes, at least for now. The professor learns right. about this as um, yeah, time yeah, goes yeah. on. Yeah, he, he does. But at this at this moment, he's just like, y'all are dumb and you're working for me. And that's about as far as it goes. No, we also get our little tidbit of information on the professor in yeah. this interaction. Talks about his wife. He tells us that his need to dumb down lectures for us is just like his wife, <laughs> who has left him along with his children for some reason. Yeah, we, yeah. they went back to Alamigo. Yep. Um, and she's like, call me. When you're not such a dick, or you know, or you, you would like to make time for your family instead of your so-called research. But next up, we're going to Bloodshore for more readings. This is in La Nocia, in the current place known as Costa del Sol. Bloodshore, the, specifically, yeah. The island resort. Um, But Costa del Sol, that's a classic name, right? Yep. Locale. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
for anyone wondering, Bloodshore is the site of a naval battle between the League of Lost Bastards, which was captained by Meryl Vibb's father, and hmm. the legendary pirate Mistbeard. The hundreds of corpses that washed up on the shore and the blood shed tinged the waters and coastline red for some time. There Back to normal it. now, it's sunny Costa del Sol, but it has a dark past. Indeed. Um, that's basically it. This is a really, really simple thing. Go out, set up the etherometer, kill some things, take kill the etherometer back. Jellyfish. Yeah, you kill some jellyfish. Yeah. Aurelia's. So we do the thing and then come back in five levels. This is the one kind of dead level in the Hattari quest line. Yeah, it's just, it's super, go out, do the thing and come back and that's it. We move on to level 40. For our next task, we're supposed to go and meet Wittergelt to retrieve his etherometer. He was supposed to have collected readings from Fine Sand Banks, where a great battle took place between Alamigo and Gridania. Um, then afterwards, we're to take our own aetherometer and take readings in South Shroud. The Fine Sand reference is interesting because we can't actually go there yet until the Stormblood expansion. In Garabania? Yes, which is probably why Wittergelt is doing it for us. Nice. Nice little loophole there. Well, we so yeah, we meet him in little Alamico at his little tent, and uh, he says that he's not ready yet. I'm very sorry. I don't want you to wait for me. Go ahead with go ahead to Snake Molten, do your thing, and I'll meet up with you. So that's what we do. We go and set up our thing and fight some stuff, fight some gnats. There it is in black and white. When we're done, there we hear we hear the slow clap, and he's sitting there in the in, like the, five in the bushes feet away. in the bushes watching us. <laughs> yeah, fucking creeper. And then what he says to make that even worse is, I feel your chakra. It has grown. Thanks. Inflection gins. Chakra is real big, sis. Oh my god. <laughs> That's gross. Um, so something's a bit off here immediately. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. He tells us that he wanted to get here before us. And the framing in the scene is very ominous. This is when... This is when that shifty music that uh, you're going to have to cut that music in here. Like something is is awry, music starts happening and I'm like what is what is wrong with this man? Uh, and, you know, so because we were there first, we got the area's power. We got the benefit of that chakra opening and he was too late for right, that. And he was like, the, ah, shucks. The aether becomes unstable once we open a chakra. So he can't open his own from the same Not for a long aether. while. Yeah. Yeah. So sucks to be you. He meant to get here first, but he was held up by some monks in um, Alamigo mm -hmm. for a little secret Alamigo. meeting. Yes, excuse me, little Alamigo. And he's like, I didn't take the readings from Fine Sand, but I'll just take them here instead and turn them in. Especially won't know if you don't tell him, am I right? <laughs> I'm like, this guy sucks. God damn it. And he's like, please don't, you know, just don't tell him anything. It's fine. Blah, blah, blah. I'm doing this for bigger reasons than his quote unquote research. The reasons um, being that he's a member of the Alamegan resistance. This was, this was a big info drop. You know, oh, by the way, this is an underground, um, you know, the Fist of Ralgar sort of organization, also part of the Alamegan resistance. So he's Super using- Super don't tell anybody that. The professor only for the, the info drops on where he can attune his chakra. Right. Yeah. Opportunist. And then he gets really up on his own energy here. And he's like, I will personally see an end to the Empire's oppression. Yes. So this this is when it starts to become clear that he might be a little bit on the fanatical edge of things. Um, where he's he's driven by rage and fantasies of revenge. And really, that's it. He's, he's blinded by this, this task of his. So we return to Uldah and hand over both aetherometers. We are not given a choice as to whether or not we can lie to the professor. So we, we do lie. We say, here we go. Here's the, the things. Yeah. We return in a bit. And unlike Wittergelt's prediction, the professor knows that something is off. <laughs> what are you guys trying to pull, assholes? Um, well, I did my job. I don't know about so, uh, other guys. Right. However, um, I mean, if if the option was given to us, 
Like, do you tell Eric? Do you not tell Eric? I would have chosen, tell Eric. Let him know right away. Oh, oh, your your lazy ass monk guy is actually a lazy ass. It's not, it's not right. Regardless, the professor is incensed. He is striking our names from his credits. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, and, and then also this triggers him into going on this whole tirade about how religion is poison. And the monkhood is no different from it's every a religion. And because he starts with the, the chakra aether thing saying right. this is all science. And then he gets more and more angry and starts to loop in all religion as a whole. Oh, yeah. He gets worked up. He works himself up. Yep. <laughs> he says that Wittergelt mentioned something to him about a seventh chakra. Even though there are obviously scientific explanations for this whole chakra BS, we could hypothetically open the so-called seventh chakra if we were to enter a place with the correct ethereal frequencies. Right. So... Hypothetically. Basically, our treachery has exposed this unknown mechanism between someone's ether and the environment's ether. And then, like, if you sing at a wine glass just right it'll break because because the frequencies are are simpatico so that's basically what's happening when chakra happens that aside though we've got more work to do um even though we get no credit now that's fair i would feel weird if i were credited at all to be honest just doing some grunt work over here being dumb i'm surprised i didn't accidentally punch the etherometer to be honest from now on, though, Eric will keep us separate to avoid any other <laughs> monkey business. <laughs> monkey business. <laughs> so time for some more readings. And if we're lucky, maybe we'll get a chakra opened. Okay. So he's, he's starting to kind of meet us in the middle with this language. He's like, okay, you, you guys can't separate yourselves from the chakra wording. So I guess I'll just use it so that you better understand what I'm saying to you. Yeah. Thank you. So this is the no frills drop off. We go to Lark's call in East Shroud, drop the reader, kill someone dead, come back, no big deal. We drop it off and hear from the professor that Wittergelt has asked for us. Now that we've done our job, I guess we can hang out. He tells us that Wittergelt is in Little Alamigo again. Oh, and by the way, the professor knows that he's with the resistance. Yeah, you think I'm stupid? I'm like, well, we don't think you're stupid. We just think you're... A jackass. Yeah. Before we go, he cautions us, though, because he can see um, the motivations by which Wittergeld is operating, and they're not healthy. So, you know, his his motivations, well, he's, he's driven by revenge, and that's that makes him a dangerous person, so just keep an eye on that. So now we have two people of Alamigo who are trying to move forward and do what's right for their homeland, but in two completely different ways. One has chosen education and enlightenment, and one has chosen, well, you know, vindication or uh, revenge. The professor says an interesting line here that people should think of the future and not the past, yeah. which is a bit ironic given his vocation, but... Right. I, I guess it's like by 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 studying the past, you you won't be doomed to repeat those mistakes, and also better um, getting a better handle on just like the mechanics of ether. So we meet Wittergelt again in Little Alamigo. He sounds like he is very near to the seventh chakra, and once he achieves it, the resistance will rise. And now it's time for the dreaded artifact armor quest. Well, before we start looking for our clothes, this is when we do have a choice. Well, it's not really a choice. Yes and no. So when he's, you know, he's talking about the resistance and how he is so close to achieving the, this, this peak of monkhood uh, via, via the seventh chakra. And this is when he officially propositions us to join the movement ourselves. And the little thing pops up would do you join do you join Wittergelt? um do you join his cause and i said no like not for this guy um like yes i support the alamegan resistance but not through this guy because i know how he operates like he's a he's a shyster so i said no and uh his dialogue box pops up and it says i am saddened by your answer but hopefully you'll change your mind in the future and literally this same fucking choice pops up immediately yeah you cannot leave the dialogue until you say yes you have to say yes or crash the game i didn't want to but 
I guess to to move the story along, I had to. It whatever. is the weirdest thing. Like this is like a but thou must. We right. Which, I, like we sh- we shouldn't we shouldn't say yes in this situation. Like this is. Like, I think we're making a huge, we're, we're compromising ourselves by saying yes. And also, I felt like by saying yes, we're only doing that to placate him. It's a very odd decision because the story doesn't rely on you saying yes for this. In the end, this guy is not on our side. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't fucking matter. So why force us into this answer, like literally force us by I not letting us. that was really weird. I, honestly, like you say no, he'll say, I'm saddened by your response, but I hope you'll change your mind in the future. And we could seriously just move on from there. And that's fine. But it, the game makes you makes you say yes. Yeah. Odd choice, but Ugh. whatever. Ugh. And I felt dirty. So we have to get the garb of the monks of the Fist of Rogger. Mm-hmm. But it's been stolen by bandits, and we have leads for three pieces. As far as the artifact armor tasks go, this one isn't too bad, honestly. There are two of them in southern Ganelan. Yeah. Yeah. One of them is in that uh, corpse brigade like outdoor dungeon. Yeah, that that's super hard to get placed unless well, you have flight. <laughs> it's really weird because it's a level 28 dungeon and you're level 45 at least right now. Yeah. So it's thematically aligned with Alamigo Shore because they are um, former like narcs of King Theodoric in the Corpse Brigade. Mm-hmm. But like, why make you go somewhere that has no combat challenge, period, just as a task? Whatever. It's a weird choice. I, I mean, I, I guess narratively it makes sense because these are... Uh, thieves. <laughs> so, sure. <laughs> Therefore, they're they're with you know within range of the fist of Ralger and little Alamigo, so it makes sense. They're in within proximity to they they have an opportunity. And then the last one is in northern Thanaland, actually, which is a cool area. Oh, where the cerulean processing plant yep. is. Yeah. Uh, we head back with the three pieces. We learn that one more piece has resurfaced in Lanosia. And is held by a Kikern merchant. We're going to go and beat up a merchant again for his stuff. <laughs> it's a theme. Well, when we go to pick it up, he ambushes us. Of course. So now we have to kill these guys. And then he's like, oh, please don't hurt me. Here's your thing. Like, All right. All right. We have four of the five monk pieces. We're missing the chest, of course. <laughs> and we return back to Wittergelt. And he's like, All right. Good job. But for the fifth piece, I will award it to you once. Alamigo is free again. Well, then I guess we're never fucking getting this thing. Ugh. He's going to do chakra number seven. No, no, no. And it's then... basically, yeah. No, this is him saying um, single-handedly, once I get this seventh chakra open, that is it for these Garlean motherfuckers. Yeah. Their days are numbered. And so, like, next week, you know, like, Wednesday, Thursday, that's when I'll give you the chess piece. I think that's pretty much his thinking. Yeah, like, almost absolutely. literally. It's absolutely. pretty insane. Yeah. Um, so, again, this guy is unstable and unhinged and do not join his cause. But we, for, we were forced to. We go back to the professor. Then we have a time skip as he presents his whole hypothesis to his learned colleagues. Correct. He's got to defend his thesis. We check in afterwards and we learn that it was a rousing success. Oh, yeah. Woo! But there's no sign of Wittergelt. He hasn't been seen since he was actually at the presentation. He was there, yeah. Listening to the professor speak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, of course, he must have learned from the presentation somehow the location of this battlefield. Well, anyway, he was probably just running off the high of that, you know, the thunderous applause that he received go. when he uh, was uh, yep. presenting his mystery solved. hypothesis. So um, now he's like, oh, oh, fuck. The final chakra must be opened at Silver Tier Falls, after which he can then take on the Empire himself. He's a fool. The professor can't get through to him. He'll never listen. But maybe us, a colleague of the monk, can get through to him before it's too late. Also, he's not going to reproach this, um, you know, war-hungry, buff-as-fuck monk guy alone. So it makes sense that we would be in charge of this particular activity. It's still not clear why the professor cares at all, because he's been putting this guy down the whole time. And we learn in a minute why, but still, like, right now, you have to do some work yourself to figure out the stakes here. Yes. So the, the chain is that he's going to go to Silver Tear Falls. He's going to unlock the seventh chakra and get powered up. He's going to go and probably try and fight the Empire and then right, die. Right, and then die. 
the game doesn't really spell it out for you. It's kind it of like not. It you've got to stop them because you have to. But I'm, I, at this point, I was still not really 100% on the motivations for either of these guys. I mean, Wittergelt, it's a little bit more clear, but it was like I, I was still conflicted because this like one of these guys has to be my mentor for the monkhood, right? And both of them are awful. I'm not learning anything from Eric. And I mean, I'm learning things from Wintergelt, but not what he thinks I'm learning. And what I'm learning is that he is dangerous and I should stay away from him. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm waiting, I guess, for the other shoe to drop. Um, and well, it does. So yes, we head to Silver Tier to go after him. <laughs> this is a very important location hosting many events and mysteries. Mm-hmm. Not limited to the Battle of Silver Tier Skies, in which Midgar Sormer rose from the lake to destroy the flagship of the invading Garlean airship fleet. Yes, and the ruins of which can be seen to this day. The main thrust, though, of the professor's theory about this place comes down to some ruins that were unearthed during the Calamity. A nearby structure appeared and has risen from the earth as a result of that event, And the professor claims this is the mythical crystal tower. The height of engineering by the ancient elegans. Is his theory correct? Well, we'll find out later. As a group of scholars known as the Sons of St. Koinok are field testing his theory right now. Mm -hmm. This quest line, the monk quest line, has so much lore for the game as a whole. Yes! And my god! Like, he talks about Crystal Tower here separately, like, way before it actually appears in the the main game itself. Also, the allusions to um, the Autumn War, the Alamegan Resistance, um, you know, the the issues between Alamigo and Gridania, the issues between Alamigo and Garlean, or Garlemald. Like, this, there, it's... It's such a fucking heavy-ass quest compared to some of the other ones that are just pure fucking fluff compared to this. Yeah. There's, there is so much to read. Anyway, though, we rush out there and find Wittergelt surrounded by bodies of Imperial soldiers. Yeah, in a, in a nice array around him. I guess we, we kind of walk up behind him and he's surveying his work. This is when the the chakra begins to open for him, and he's surrounded by these these you know, flames of light, whatever. And while this is happening, we start to back away. And as we're backing away, we are surrounded by what I assume are other members of the fist or the re- the resistance. Yeah, these are um, members of the resistance. Yeah, they're not monks because they are wielding weapons. They have different outfits. Yeah, so um, that makes sense. So we're we're stuck. And this gives Wittergelt a chance to turn around and start to monologue on us a little bit. And, you know, so so basically he outlines his entire reason for hooking up with Eric and following him around. The goal was to find the source of the seventh chakra for him. And like all of his hopes and dreams for Alamegan independence hinges upon this seventh chakra this is like this is how he's built this up in his mind so now that he's gotten there he's he's feeling invincible he thinks he's invincible he can take on the the entire girlian army um on his own and he starts he's he's talking about this to us and this is when he says uh basically thanks for coming your sacrifice is appreciated I mean, obviously, we have to fight. I gotta, I gotta fight you. I gotta kill you, and um, you know, suck up your life essence or whatever the fuck sort of power. What is happening is that the battle that will open the chakra is our battle, unlike beforehand where we have to have like ancient battles oh, awakening. It. We are the right. foe yeah. that will then energize the aether here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the two of us have have been dancing around this whole time, and now we're finally meeting. And and my purpose is to fight him, be conquered, and allow him to take the full the 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 full Monty of of, of, of chakra. etheric power. Yeah. But Jin, it's yeah. okay. The full chakra. Because our death will be for Alamigo. Correct. We'll yes. die a martyr. Yeah. And remember Jin, you promised to help. You promised. So you said yes. You gotta help Jin. I guess that's why we were forced to say yes. So we fight. So we fight. <laughs> We were talking about this before. This fight has like no mechanics to it. 
really, whatsoever. Not really. It's all the same shit you've learned before. Go take care of the healer. Take care of the ranged guy. Away the rest of them and then work on Wittergelt. You're fine. Yeah, but I, I mean, Wittergelt doesn't do anything no, interesting no, or no. challenging. No, no, no. It's not like an arena fight or anything like that. I feel like it should have been presented in that way. Like, we, we even had more of a, um, like, PvP sort of moment with uh, uh, Hammond. Yes. Yeah. So, like, you know, where he's got, like, AoEs and cleaves and shit. And so I feel like that would have been absolutely appropriate for this. And then if we die, like, oh, looks like Wittergelt's just going to go fucking ham on shit because you did. And then you got to do it over again. Um, but no, he's so easy to beat. So, so we beat him. after we pummel him, we ourselves become awash with this golden glow. This has been our awakening. We have opened the seventh chakra. Yeah. So Wittergelt is huffing and puffing and he's kneeling and he's trying to come to terms with the fact that he just lost this fight. And what does this mean for his his fucking life's purpose? And he's just kind of in a kind of a shock and awe moment. Um, all the suffering of his people, and he's just raging about how he failed. How is he going to help his people now, et cetera, et cetera. And at this point, you know, we're the bigger person, so we'd, we'd kneel down next to him and kind of reach out, and but then we'd, like, suck up all of that juice. The professor, Eric, comes running That's over to us. after after we, we suck up the juice, yeah. Sure, thanks, <laughs> <laughs> The whole thing is fascinating, simply fascinating. This is sure. Yeah, that's one word for it, bro. So many theories and, and hypotheses and all that, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then he punches Wittergelt. <laughs> Wittergelt's like, "Hey, man, was and and then and Eric just spins around and punches him right in the fucking face. Everyone's punching everyone today. Yeah, and and, and Wittergelt's like, "What? Why did you do that? Why did you just punch me in the face for?" And Eric's like, "I'll do it again. I'll do it a thousand times." Except punching you makes my hand hurt, so I'll just do it the once. But um, then Eric starts his own monologue, his own lecture. And this is when Eric becomes a human being. And he's fucking right. And the facade of the previous four quests is is down now. Um, and he's he's doing real talk with Wittergeld at this point. This is where it's not like... Eric was necessarily taking the high road this whole time, but his his approach to enlightenment and, and how to best serve his homeland is the right one, his attitude notwithstanding, in that you're you're motivated by there's there's a whole thing, I'm sure you you wrote it down. What he says is that Silver Tear Falls is at a confluence of Aether, and we are all bound by the life stream. In trying to steal its power, Wittergel is as bad as the Garleans. Right. Trying to gain this power by force, that makes you exactly the same. But what about all the Alamegans suffering, asks Widergelt. Yeah, the children with empty bellies, the wives who are now widows. Would you tell this to their faces? Yes. Eric says, yes, because I would. Because if he's learned one thing about wars... It's that there's no future for Eorzea if people struggle for power without considering the consequences. Yes, it will just, it'll be a cycle that repeats over and over and over. We have a duty to deliver a future full of life and not death. Yeah, so in the pursuit of the subjugation and death of another people, this only begets more despair and more misery. And so now you have been part of that cycle, bro, and you got to knock that shit off. This finally gets through to Wittergelt, and he's like, ah, I understand now the value of peace. Also, here for you, monk trainee, is the final piece of artifact armor, the literal shirt off my back. Literal, yes. So now he's shirtless. <laughs> we have taken this and enormous ripped. fucking chess piece. <laughs> I will need to tailor it heavily. Uh, Wittergelt <laughs> knew the professor's son, apparently, who was also in the resistance, but... The son died fighting in the resistance, uh, thinking that Eric was a coward. And if Wittergelt could go back in time, he would say, no, this is not so. Your dad's way is is the correct way. And the quest ends. It's over. They literally just walk away. Happily ever after. Yeah. What did you think of this monk quest? Well, overall, <laughs> I liked it. 
is interesting because you're pretty angry about it, I think, because the characters are obnoxious, which I don't disagree with. But I think as far as the content goes in this quest, it's a lot better than yeah. both the Paladin and Black Mage that we've seen so far. Yeah. Story-wise, it's got interest and intrigue at every step. And actually, it's kind of the inverse of many job quests, which they have too short a story for the number of steps required in a job quest. Yeah. This one has the opposite problem where <laughs> it has more story than has time to tell it. I know. So we just get dumped on at the very last step with God. all the other plot beats all at once. I, I don't know of any other quest line that has this much to read. The, the last step is... The professor publishes his works, but oh no, Wittergill is going to go use the Aether for evil, but we're going to stop him. And also we open the seventh chakra and we've shown Wittergill the air of his ways and the value of peace and ethereal streams belong to everyone. And the professor had a son in the resistance and Wittergill <laughs> knew him and here's his shirt and okay, bye. <laughs> Some heavy shit. Slow down for a minute there, cowboy. And, Let's and, <laughs> spread it out just a little bit here. And right from the get-go, you um, you can assume, even though Eric seems like he is this, you know, just a, a, a one-note, just an arrogant asshole, um, you can tell there's probably going to be some sort of arc going on with him. And when you first meet Wittergelt, the supposed mentor for you, Right away, he's very off-putting, and you cannot explain why. He's inexplicably weird. He gives you a bad vibe. That's You just explore all of that through this quest. It made me confused the first time. I had a lot of things to think about. I like I like With Wittergeld especially, the first time I did it, I didn't know what to think of him. Because again, there's this, like, he's, he's the mentor, right? He has to be the good guy. Why am I getting the weird music? Why am I getting the bad guy music? For me, Eric's actually the more interesting character as far oh, as definitely. the design decision goes, yeah. um, specifically, because he he does like a one. They both do like a one eighty at the end, but Eric's one eighty is not really. There's no track laid for it. He's insulting to you all the way up into the very very end, right? And then suddenly during the last cutscene, he drops all the "you suck and you're dumb" stuff and just like talks to you like a normal person. Mm -hmm. But there's been no build up to a transformation. There's no arc there. It's just like a straight line, then it flips over. Yeah. And I can see him being demeaning to Wittergelt as a metaphor for him having a bias against the resistance because right. of his son. Right. But that doesn't explain why he's mean to us. It's it's it's, it's a it's a wall. Um, of course he's probably struggling with the fact that his his life's work has resulted in the loss of his family. Um and the pressure of having to produce something professionally that is meaningful. Um, so it's it's probably it's it's one of those Sundra things where you've got to like keep people at arm's length and protect your ego um, until it's clear that he can kind of drop it and be vulnerable. I mean, that may all be true, but it doesn't really make for a good arc for him personally. No, no, no. It's it's because... like a it's like a. But he he does start to trickle in the the you know the jargon the monk jargon, so it's that's I guess his olive branch. So it was like level forty. He's like he starts to use the word chakra and blah 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 in just I guess in terms of trying to relate to us. <laughs> um, so the just the the tiniest bit of movement there, but otherwise yes, it, it is it is a really jarring change and I, I think probably it mean it had to take him presenting his research successfully um realizing that uh Willergelt could do something very dangerous and of course that reminds him immediately of his son and um he straight up turns into um dad's gotta lay some fucking truth on you so that's the dad moment so jen despite your dislike of the characters at least up until the final moment do you still hold a grudge against them or no, not at has all. your heart warmed? My heart is warmed okay. entirely, yes. Great. Um, especially to Eric, because again, there's there was so much vulnerability there. And he's he's gone through a lot, not just as an Alamegan, but as a father um, and a husband. So, um, you know, you have, you have softness for him. And you know there's softness within him as well. 
Um, and I haven't, I haven't done like before or now. I have not gone farther than level fifty for monks, so I don't know what what else Eric has in store for me. Well, we will find out. Guess we'll find out. But yeah, in my opinion, this is probably one of the better of the A Realm Reborn job quests. Totally agree. Totally agree. Great. Yeah. Look at that. Jin came around. Totally. I'm not going to spoiler my my whole <laughs> thing. You know, I'm not going to quote unquote burn pot at you well, before. Well, <laughs> you sure kept me in suspense, Jen. Well, good. It worked. Also, unrelated, uh, partially unrelated. If you have leveled Monk and don't know, you can go and talk to Eric in the Goldsmiths Guild and he will drop a wealth of story info on you. You just walk up to him click on him and you can ask him about a list of 10 plus subjects and he will dump on you like just pure lore for paragraphs and paragraphs super great yeah he, he alludes to that as you're talking to him and of course at, at the time i'm like nope i got other shit to do but you know yeah if you want to he's like i will i will talk your ear off about this or this or this or this i have to do is ask and you know what you know what eric thank you for asking and not just launching into a thing you can ask him about sildi because you go to sildi first in the quest line and if you ask him about the Sildian history he gives you the propaganda story of the city and not the actual story. That is amazing. Because we can recall from the Ulda episode that Ulda destroyed Sildi with the traitor's spurn, which zombified the populace. However, Eric knows only the false story that was spun by the Uldan government mm-hmm. to create a cover-up for their war crimes. So he says that Sildi was the one who created the, the undead. They reanimated their own dead but then the undead broke free of their control and attacked the populace themselves. Amazing. It's just like um, American history and learning about Columbus. Oh, with this the magnanimous man going and discovering lands and teaching the savages how to grow crops and wear clothes. Yeah. 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 Any other comments, Jen? Nope. Next time, it's a Grand Company Palooza. Oh, fucking finally. We get a chocobo. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I've just I'm like, do do I just go in there and unlock it and get my chocobo no. and then redo it so that I have notes for the next because I like I can't I can't handle it. I can't handle not having a mount. We will be joining a grand company. And during the episode, we'll be talking about all three of the grand companies of Eorzea. that about wraps her all up thank you guys so much for listening uh if you'd like to get in touch with us if you have ideas about lore shit or if you have something to say if you got opinions like whatever the fuck you can email us podreturn ffxiv at gmail.com and uh, with that we hope you enjoyed the episode and we will see you next time